AEW, it's so dumb. Why don't they fucking make people do stuff? I don't understand. How come Jericho? How come this? Why do they always hire WWE people? And then if they didn't hire WWE people, they'd be like, they need to hire WWE people or their television program's never going to do well. And then when they hire WWE people, how come they don't make homegrown people? How come they have to hire... It's fucking... Ugh. Go ahead and listen to those fucking podcasts, you dumb fucks. Go ahead. It's fine. Oh. Go ahead. Wow. Or you can actually get off your stupid asses and turn on Pacock and just listen to us and go to classic pay-per-views where we tell you, here's the way... Follow us for the way. We're showing you the way. Here's the history. Here's the history of war games. Here's the history of whatever else we want to do. Just fucking, God, stop being so stupid is my point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but you're fucking dumb. All of you are dumb. If you tune in every same week, every Tuesday for the fucking uh, Jack and Kevin fucking raw wrap-up show. Look, you know what I don't get? How come I don't want my own wrestling company? How come they don't do it? So I got off my shift at Starbucks today, and I was thinking to myself, I should run my own wrestling company. Oh, good for you. Yeah, you fucking dumb shit. I still like all you guys at home and think you're very attractive. I don't. <laughs> it's good for Craig to say, but I don't. Oh. Fucking idiots. What's up, guys? Our Wrestling Podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Justin Total Package, Craig the British Bulldog, bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards. Bring, I'm sorry, sharing opinions with you. <laughs> Today's topic, the legacy of war games. This is going to be fun. For audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast, or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OW2019, or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast? This is really exciting. Jess, can you explain why we're talking about war games today? No. Um, okay. Triple H announced <laughs> Figure it via out. social media. <laughs> Get uh, on the internet. This year at Survivor Series, it will have two War Games matches, which is the two rings side by side, the cage and all that stuff or whatever. It's a WCW staple uh, slash Crockett promotion staple that, uh, you know, Survivor Series is super classic. It was the second ever pay-per-view behind WrestleMania, which a lot of people don't remember that uh, of the big four, um, Survivor Series was number two. And it's always been like elimination matches or whatever. And they've tried to tweak it over the years or whatever. And at one point, Vince wanted to cancel Survivor Series. This is a true story. About 10 years ago, he wanted to just take, just give it a generic. He doesn't game. like it. Like, you know. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. It, and, and I get it. It got stale after a while because there's really nothing you can really do with elimination matches. And let's face it, in some of the elimination matches, a guy would take a clothesline and get pinned. And we're like, that would never happen. Like <laughs> in any other, like. Walk of life, but yeah. in Survivor Series, apparently in real life, you, can get to, you hit him right. Turn switch yeah, it's, in Survivor Series, you can lose a shoulder block war and get pinned. Apparently, just get eliminated and, real fast. And the but, blue uh, T-shirts H versus red T-shirts. Some of well, that's I, yeah, that that era of the SmackDown and Raw shit that sucked. It just watered it down and it was terrible. Um, but there was some gems in between for sure. Um, that year when Sting came out and uh, he, Dolph Ziggler won the whole thing uh, was awesome.
Uh, that was like one of my favorite Survivor Series matches ever, actually. So there's been some gems here and there, but I guess they want to revamp it. And Triple H has uh, made the announcement that the War Games cage match will be the main feature of Survivor Series. So will we get other Survivor Series classic matches? I don't know. I hope so. But there will be a women's war game match and a men's. And I felt, you know what? Let's talk about the Legacy of War Games, how it got started, how it's kind of morphed. Uh, NXT brought it back a couple years ago, as everybody knows. Um, but uh, war games started in the, the Crockett era. That's right. Created by by, by a guy we all know who he is. We know his name. Dusty Rhodes in 1987. The War Games match was originally used. Is that Cody's brother? Jim Crockett. Dusty Rhodes? <laughs> no? Close enough. His older brother. Oh, it's older brother. It's, yeah. his, it's his poppy. Come on. Oh. Now. So many times uh, says, Dream, uh, where do war, ga war Games come from? I, I heard that you invented it, or you see this in social media all the time saying, Well, Dusty Rhodes invented War Games. He was part of the first War Games. Obviously, I was. But uh, what made the match happen uh, was I was looking for some type of uh, uh, creative out uh, to where I was getting beat up by the four horsemen, really five, counting J.J. Dillon. And I had different partners, and we were fighting this war. And I had just come from seeing uh, Tina Turner, my girlfriend, and Mel Gibson in the Thunderdome, right? And I see this cage, and I see this top on the cage. And I know through the years in my industry, the cage match has always been a big part, especially down south, when you blew off matches. And so I said, has there ever been two rings with a cage, one cage covering both rings with, uh, with the top on it and two doors at each end and two teams of five? Oh, Dusty Rhodes and, created the War Games concept, ladies and gentlemen. In that's Crockett right. Promotions. In JCP. <laughs> that like Juggalo okay. Championship Wrestling. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> of the National Wrestling Alliance and later held annually in w, oh, sorry, yeah, WCW World Championship Wrestling there, usually at the Fall Brawl pay-per-view event. And real quick, and actually, no, it, it started at WrestleWar uh, for, yep. for a couple of years. Uh, I want to say in 1991. The first WCW Wrestle War pay per view had a War Games main event. Wrestle War 92, same thing. And then in 93, it moved from February to September uh, as part of the Fall Brawl, like Dave just said, for WCW. So it actually started, well, Dave will get it too. It started at the Great American Bash. And then, um, uh, and then it migrated over to the Wrestle War pay per views for a couple of years. And then it went over to the Fall Brawl pay per view yep. for the majority of WCW's run after that. Yeah, in 88, Crockett was sold and rebranded as WCW. These original war game matches had a roof on the cage with no pinfall, I'm oh, sorry, pinfalls, pinfalls as a win situation. Although <laughs> later, WCW versions allowed pinfalls to win. Since 2017, WWE, who had purchased the assets of WCW in 2001, has held annual war game matches at war game branded events. WWE's war games matches do not have a roof on the cage and also allow pinfalls as a win situation. WWE would also hold the first ever women's version of that match in 2019. Good stuff. Over that was the NXT brand. Like uh, NXT had some pretty good uh, war games. I'm going to be honest. They had yep. some pretty good shows with that. It I mean, I, we might be jumping the, jumping the gun a little bit on it, but we talked about NXT and how good those matches were. And one of the tweets, I'm sorry, the tweets, the, the text I sent out to you guys when we found out that War Games was going to be a part of this, with the booking uh, sets that WWE has, they have people that help with the match breaks and how it's all going to play out. They don't just leave it completely up to the wrestlers, which some people might like, might not. But I'm telling you, with the people that work matches in WWE to make this work, we can have some pretty exciting war games 
We're uh, also glaring over the fact really that, uh, I mean, I know they brought it back for NXT, but this is the first time ever um, that the War Games will be on the main stage on WWE. Like, so I am telling like you. a big it, deal, yeah. There, the possibilities are I'm, I'm excited really for exciting. it. All of a sudden, Survivor Series now is a must-see pay-per-view. Because for the last few years, yeah. they've been trying, like, oh, the, the SmackDown champion will face the Raw champion, and the, the U.S. title will face the Intercontinental champion, and the two tag teams will face... They were doing that for a while, and that's, like, blah. Because, like, there's really no storyline leading up to it. I mean, they have the shows kind of intermingle. But then afterwards, there's no payoff, because they all just go back to their respective brands. So I'm really excited that they're actually going to do two matches. So... I don't know how they're going to do it, right? Like, maybe it might be a, a SmackDown team against a Raw team for the men's, and then same thing for the women's. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I, just the fact that there's the a lot of, the part of it lot of is fucking super exciting. And like I said, I really hope they have uh, some classic Survivor Series matches in there, too. No, yeah. No. We'll I mean, one big difference, like, and all the pictures behind us, and we mentioned this when we did an unscripted um, uh, when we first heard, but you, you can see the, the top of the cage originally was locked in. So, and that kind of got in the way a lot of times for people like Sid well, trying to slam people. You know, yeah. Right. So now with NXT, there's just, there's just so much. And it was obviously to keep everyone in much like a steel cage match. Like the match doesn't start till everyone's locked in. So you can't go in through the top. You can't go out. You can't escape from it. But the fact is when NXT did it, when they started to do it with the root, with the, the, the top of the cage off, there's so much more fun stuff you can do. The ricochet stuff. Um, yeah. McAfee, like there's just so much um, more you can do with an NXT open air cage. So I'm sure that's what they're going to do in WWE. Um, yeah. But I, I would like to, part of me would like to see it. Can you, let's see it with like the old style sagging cage and like, but <laughs> no, there's just so much more with it, with it being open air and uh, more stories, more psychology. So, but it'll be yeah. really cool. <clears throat> Over the years, other promotions have held their own versions of war game matches under different names. Most notably, All Elite Wrestling, or AEW, that company established its own version of the match called Blood and Guts, which was first held in 2021. Which is a terrible name, by the way. No, nah, well. And now look, look for this. Jericho's it's a scorpion. big time trouble. Jericho's in big time trouble. He can't last much longer. He can't last much longer. Jericho AEW's version is based upon the original JCP version with a roof on the cage and no pinfalls. AEW holds the match annually at its Blood and Guts branded event. Um, we'll see how much longer that lasts, especially with Cody not being there. I don't know. We'll see. Um, the first War Games match took place at, at the Omni in Atlanta uh, during the National Wrestling Alliance or NWA Jim Crockett Promotions. Great American Bash 87 tour. That is the longest title of anything ever. Because what well, a lot of people too forgot is that uh, the Great American Bash used to not just be a singular pay-per-view. It used to be a tour. The summer so tour, So for the yeah. whole summer, they would tour. They would have the Great American Bash tour. And then they eventually kind of let in. They would do the tour and then have the pay-per-view at the end of the tour. Um, but at first, there was no pay-per-view for it. It was just the Great American Bash tour. So this was War Games, the match beyond, right? So they were touring around with all the War Games matches. Every city they would go to as part of the Great American Bash tour, main event would be War Games, War Games, War Games, like all the way around. Wow. It was pretty cool. 
At that blood, point, blood, don't even blood, do blood stitches. Like yeah. at that, at that, but they're bleeding just, every just, single yeah, just night. Just bleed all just overnight into the next match. Don't even put no, a bandaid I, I on. Would it. Say, I would, I would say, like hold them shut. Especially overnight we'll get to it later. I'll start talking about. Uh, I'll talk about it later when Dave's done. I'll talk about the uh, participants in the first ever one. They're they're bleeders for sure, like most of them were. They bled all the time. Yep. Uh, the match beyond would be held at three house shows later that year, once at the Miami Orange Bowl, once in Chicago at the USC Pavilion, and the other at the NWA debuts of the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island. Uh, on October 31st of 2019, episode of WWE NXT, the first ever women's war games match was announced for that year's NXT TakeOver War Games event. Women's superstars uncensored in pro wrestling. Uh, what is this? Evie, I'm sorry. Eve. Eve, I'm sorry. Have previously held uh, variations of War Games matches, but this would be the first official match to follow the War Games format. So, <clears throat> you guys ready to get into the format of how it works? Yeah, the rules. What are the goddamn rules? They're, they're wild. Uh, the War Games match consists of either two or three teams with three and five participants facing off with each other. In a staggered the original, by the way, the original, by the way, was two teams of five. That was the original concept. <clears throat> yeah. Then, then they went down to four, and then there was the shitty year in 1998 where they did three teams of four. Yeah, which is just chaos. The setup of the cage consists of two rings side by side with a ring encompassing rectangular cage that covered both rings, but not the ring side area. Doors are placed at far corners of the cage, near where the opposing teams wait to enter, so the teams do not contact each other before they enter the match. The match begins with one member of each team entering the cage. After five minutes, a member from one of the teams, usually determined by a coin toss, and almost always the heel, <laughs> in yeah, order to avoid the heat, to provide heat going, would enter that cage, giving his team a temporary two-on-one handicap advantage. After two minutes, a member from the other team would enter to even the odds for the next two minutes. Entrance would, uh, entrance would alternate between teams every two minutes, giving the coin toss winning team the advantage. Teams continue to alternate during a two-minute period until everyone is coming to the ring. Once all This is my problem. Once all participants enter the cage, that's when the match beyond begins. Both teams wrestle each other in the cage until any participant either submits, surrenders, or is knocked unconscious. I just have a hard time with why couldn't that have happened before everybody got in there? Um, it's just well, because kind of, of that. Because if you make the rule that people could get pinned and end the match before somebody even enters and wrestles at all, like you know that would never happen. Especially when they save all why, the big names. Why, the why, well, why couldn't you just say that someone's going to have to submit or be knocked unconscious. It can happen at any time, and you know everyone's going in. My whole problem with it, Jess, is that if if it was real, everyone just comes in every two minutes and nobody touches each other until the real match starts. But that's just... It's the Indiana I mean, I guess, Jones but, but you would want to attack argument, when, you right? have the when you have the advantage, you would want to attack the other person. If it's two-on-one and we're beating up Craig, which I enjoy the thought of that... Um, like then, why? I, I, we why would we stand around? We beat the shit out of him, mm -hmm. and then we would incapacitate him. So when yeah. his when he finally evens up the odds and his teammate comes in, Joe, we would just two on one Joe too. Like that's the concept. And I got twenty and more then, minutes of an ass win. whooping before the match begins. Yeah, we have to beat Joe and Craig just mercilessly um, until uh, until the match beyond begins. So I I totally agree with that rule set. Yeah. However. 
it's kind of like why Conrad Thompson doesn't like the Ironman match. He's like, you know, it's like a basketball game. It's like you can just tune in for the last two minutes, and then you get the whole gist <laughs> of the game, right? He's like, same thing with an Ironman match. It's like, you know, I just, I'd just i rather tune in for the last, you know, 25 minutes and beyond. You know, or if it's a 30-minute Ironman, if it's 60-man, I'd rather tune in at 55-minute mark. That way I'm just going to watch the highest five minutes of the match. You know, and what's mm-hmm. the score? Okay, cool. Like, you know what I mean? And just enjoy it. So I understand that, but that's wrestling. Um, if you make it to where you could submit at any time, it d- you know that's never going to happen. There's never going to be a War Games match yeah, where that, that's all I'm they, saying is two people know, start out and then one guy just makes the other guy submit. Yeah. They're like, well, the other people aren't going to get in, so that's weird. Uh, we're done. Yeah, all, uh, all I'm, saying, all, all I'm saying is just you don't have to say it. That's all I'm saying. We all know. It's Maybe that's happen, a valid point. Maybe that's a valid point. But I think that they thought that people would raise that objection, and that's why they had to go out of their way to say the only time you can win. Is when the match beyond starts, which is when all participants. So win. basically, so basically, just if I if I and you stop know, shitting you on in, Dusty Rhodes' dream. Stop. If it. I if I if I put you into a real awesome you know key lock and I knock you unconscious and eventually break bones and kill you, yes. um, it, it doesn't matter until everybody gets no. into the ring. Yeah. you're going to be able to freely. You'll be pinned twenty minutes later me. when the corpse is yeah, called. Yeah, you're going to freely murder me for twenty minutes until everybody gets in there. Absolutely. Yeah, you just throw my dead. I'm, just, I'm just taking it to the other extreme. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but what? Yeah. So what if that happened? Let's say, yeah. Let's say if number what one is that and number going two happened. To? That's, that's yeah. why you this is how I would book it. By the way, so here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. I would let the first two participants get in, and then, like Dave said, one guy would knock another guy out cold, and he should be unconscious the entire time yeah. while all the other teammates <laughs> yep. come in. And then, as soon as the match beyond starts, it has to instantly end because yep. he's been knocked out the entire time <laughs> in the corner. That's yeah. what I would do. <laughs> that's, You're just that's oh, great. And the, the, the announcer's the like, I'm pretty sure when the match beyond starts, it, it's going to be immediately over because Craig is dead in the corner. And they're yeah. like, I like think if, so. If you actually have, let's say, Bobby <laughs> Lashley and Brock Lesnar and on two-on-one against Austin Theory for two minutes, and then they literally just murder Austin Theory. Yeah, and he's where... unconscious the entire time. But what would be really funny is right before the match beyond starts, he starts moving and wakes up. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's so fucking funny. Sure, sure, and then sure. some like, small The whole packages. time, everybody would be like, oh, as soon as it starts, he's he's already out. It's over. It's done. Yeah. Like, it would be so great. Yeah. That would work. I think we just me, booked actually. Survivor Series. We should, we just you you yeah. just booked it. I think you just did. Austin Theory being knocked out for 20 minutes until yeah. Yeah. the match beyond and, starts. And they haven't all been barn birders. There's been a lot. Of, the later war games so, were yeah, terrible. So Dave, said that, so Dave said that the rules there, and I, I kind of want to freeform it here. Um, sure. You know, the first, you know, from 87, like I said, it was more of like a tour. Um, and then the first ever pay-per-view that kind of had it was uh, Great American Bash 89 uh, was the first one. It was the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, and the Midnight Express. Uh, against Steve, or sorry, and Steve Williams. So it was teams of five against five. They defeated the fabulous Freebirds, Jimmy Garvin, Michael P.S. Hayes, and Terry Gordy, and the Samoan SWAT team, Fatu and Samu. And that was July the twenty third, nineteen ninety nine. That wasn't even the main event. That was uh, that Great American Bash is considered one of the best ever WWE papers ever. The main event was uh, Flair beating Terry Funk. And then, uh, and then the next pay per view uh, that had it was Russell War 1991, where the Four Horsemen, Ric Flair, Barry Windham, Sid Vicious, Larry Zbyszko defeated Sting, Brian Pillman, and the Steiner Brothers. Uh, 
uh, and he tried to kill Brian Pillman. That's the famous botch where Sid picks him up for the power bomb, but the the lid is on the cage, and Brian Pillman hits it, and then Sid drops him straight on his neck, and then he picks him up again. I'm gonna do it right this time, and then he mm-hmm. does it again. Um, that was a horrific moment, but that was February the 24th, 1991. That match, I believe, uh, did that get a five star from Dave Meltzer? It was really close, if not a five star. Uh, but the following year at Wrestle War 92, May 17th, 1992, this got a five star review from uh, Dave Meltzer. And I really consider this my favorite War Games match. Sting Squadron, which was Sting, Nikita Koloff, Dustin Rhodes, and Ricky Steamboat, and Barry Windham, defeated mm. the Dangerous Alliance, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Steve Austin, Larry Zabisco, and Rick wow. Rude. I challenge anyone to go back. This match is fantastic. You can even watch it now in 2022. This match is fucking, fucking fire, man. Every entrant that came in there, they booked perfect. Like, they had a dissension where Larry Zabisco, like, they, they were doubting Larry Zabisco, so it looked like the Dangerous Alliance wanted to kind of kick him out. And uh, so they did a whole cool storyline here. Every, everyone that got in got to get all of their top moves. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, when an entrant walks in, they're hot, they're on fire. You know, everyone did it except for Davisco. When he got in, he got the shit beat out of him. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. they did so good here. Like, everybody got match or pops. And this match is so good from beginning to end. Uh, it's my favorite War Games match ever. May you, 17th, know, you, know who needs, you know who needs 20 minutes? Is Larry Zabisco. We, we should talk about him for a bit. He's fun. So, he was such a great heel here, too. And then the next year, it went from Wrestle War, which was in February or May. They would switch the Wrestle War pay-per-views around. And then it became a staple of Fall Brawl 1993. Fall Brawl 93 was September the 19th of 1993. And we saw Sting, Davey Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and the Shockmaster uh, defeat <sighs> Sid Vitt. Defeat, yes, this is, uh, yeah, this was that infamous moment where a couple of, like a month before Clash of the Champions, Shockmaster mm-hmm. face. They defeated Sid Vicious, Vader, and Had to put that stud in, bro. Had to put that stud in. Yep. They defeated Sid Vicious, Vader, and Harlem Heat that year. The next year, September the 18th, 1984, Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes and the Nasty Boys defeated Terry Funk, Arn Anderson, and Bunkhouse Buck uh, in the uh, Fall Brawl match. Not very great. Uh, Then the next year, uh, September the 17th, 1995, even worse, the Hulkamaniacs, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Lex Luger, and Sting defeated the Dungeon of Doom. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, everybody went to sleep. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, And then 1996, I would say my second favorite war game match, besides the first one in 87, which was really good because everybody bled. Uh, September the 15th, 1996, NWO, Hollywood Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and the fake Sting defeated Lex Luger, Ric Flair, and Arn Anderson, and Sting, who actually came out and sort of... uh, Got this is when he started forming the crow sting basically. Uh, yeah. so that was that was a really good the drama in that match was really really good. And uh, then we had 1997, which was a, a shit. 
Uh, the NWO, Buff Bagwell, Kevin Nash, Six, and Conan defeated the Four Horsemen. This is when uh, uh, it was It was Crispin Wah, Steve McMichael, Ric Flair, and Kurt Henning. But Kurt Henning turned and became part of the NWO. So they slams. We reviewed this uh, pay per view, and the match was uh, a stinker. Uh, and then in '98, uh, it made me want to jump off a bridge. Team WCW, <laughs> which was Dallas Page, Rowdy Piper, and the Ultimate Warrior, defeated NWO and the NWO Wolfpack in the same cage. This was we reviewed this as well. Probably the worst War Games match ever. And then uh, in September 4th of 2000, which was the last WCW branded War Games match, Kevin Nash, Jeff Jarrett, Scott Steiner, and the Harris Brothers ha -ha. defeated Booker T, Goldberg, Chronic, and That's Sting. Awful. And the that the whole the whole match was for the WCW Championship somehow too. So, so that the, the Harris brothers were too. one of the Harris brothers was going to win yeah. the championship. So I would I would say, <laughs> and in 19, I did not skip 1999. They didn't have a War Games match in uh, Fall Brawl of 1999. And then after that um, came it to was NXT. Over. Yeah, I went to NXT after that for a couple of years, and now here we go. We're going into Survivor Series and having the War Games. Uh, yeah, my personal favorite is uh, fucking uh, 92. And 91 is also great as well, by the way. Sting Squadron, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. If you, here's a, if you here's also a have a weird... chance to watch the 91, the 91 match was really good as well. But Sting Squadron against Dangerous Alliance was so fucking brilliant, man. Like, Here's a weird off-cuff off question, Jess. When they wrestle regular matches, do they alternate the ring? Because they're both there the whole time. So what do you mean? You have war games is the final match, but the the cage doesn't yeah. come down until then. Right. When you have a regular match. Oh, like the card. Yes, I the think match? they did. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they all. Yeah, they alternate rings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting to me. Like you, you would. Uh, you That's a good point, actually, too. Because yeah, you got two rings there, so you want to just be like, let's just fucking alternate, and I guess each side of the crowd gets a match on their side, yeah. and then you have yeah. war games. The only problem, the only negative thing about the war games that I ever say is we can look at it behind us, right? People made uh, hardcore wrestling fans made fun of Big Blue because it was big squares and it was steel, right? And they but made it. Vince so... made it. A, a lot of people say, "Oh, it's so big guys like Hogan and Bundy can climb and all that stuff." I was like, "Well, that, that but it's also visually TV visi Yeah, TV visibility. Vince designed it so the cameras can shoot it. When you look back, look at all the cameras pulled out on the pictures behind us. Chain link fence is hard to see when you're up yeah. at the top row. Or it's the like filming arena. in the rain, quite yeah. frankly. So uh, to NXT's credit, they did bring back the cage. It's the legit chain link cage, whatever. But I kind of I miss the big blue, like in that case, because I wanted people to see shit for when the camera pans out. In all of our pictures, it's hard to see. You know, it's just kind of you have to really focus yeah. if you're a fan. So that's the only negative thing I could say about war games. But other than that, like I really love the concept. I think it's done a lot for pro wrestling, and it's it's not like a traditional one on one match. You know, we have the WrestleMania, we have SummerSlam, but I think it's really cool. And Elimination Chamber was kind of inspired by war games, by the way. So I think before WWE wanted to use war games, they created the Elimination Chamber. So it's Hell in the Cell is sort of a derivative. It's I would. Like two I rings. would... I would, it's um, not two rings for either one, but I think that concept kind of inspired Vince to do Hell in the Cell and also um, uh, Elimination Chamber. Yeah, which I agree. I, you know, it's a but great you, concept. You, you know? Elimination Chamber is pretty pretty good where it's where it's randomized. That's pretty dope. Um, but I'll tell you that this this was like the this is what the Royal Rumble 
kind of idea could have been if he had thought of it first. And it was whoever thought of Royal Rumble first was going to do it. Because of the timing, you bring people in after two minutes and all that kind of stuff. But I, I am... I am really excited for the top of the cage to come off, which we've talked about, and to have some real thought and process brought into these matches because this is the main roster we're talking about here. It's gonna be, oof! It's gonna be good, man. It's gonna be really good. So, and w- Triple H in the same announcement um, or that same day, there was an article that Triple H has said that he doesn't feel that WWE needs blood, and they're still having no blood policy. Oh, good so, point. So was we're talking about the bloodiest matches one of all time, you're talking about 87, as, as little young children, impressionable children watching wrestling and seeing this match and the brutality of every single member of that match bleeding, I, never, I think. I never thought you it, had to do it. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they, they pull it off. Well, they pulled it off in NXT without blood or accidental, but like... I think if there's if there's any time to to allow someone to, to give some color, it's it's war games. But we would probably not see blood this year. Maybe it'll be accidental. I don't know. Right. Great, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll throw a counter argument to it, and and I'm a big Angle fan, right? And Angle has bled before. Don't get me wrong, but I'll say that the matches that have that have really gotten me to go, Angle's one of the greatest of all times, top five. You know, he's on the monument, whatever. Um, he hasn't bled. He hasn't had to. So I, I would I would ask some of the most brutalizing matches, e- even like Brock versus Kurt when Brock almost breaks his neck. And the worst you see out of Brock is some blood coming out of his nose, even though we know he broke his neck. That's all accidental. That match is is incredibly violent. You'll never forget it. But there was no blood specific. So I, I don't I don't know if it's needed. Well, I guess we'll see. I yeah. think I think you take the the top of the cage off, and yeah. we see what people can do from the top, and I, I I think it'll make up for that because not only do you, you're not only getting the third rope kind of elevation, you're getting the top of the cage that they could jump off of. Yeah. There's going to be some high impact stuff. No, it's definitely not needed. But I think now in the world where we live in A and W, A and W root beer, A W, <laughs> and they bleed quite frequently, almost maybe too much. Um, well, that's their, that's their problem. Yeah. I've gotten used to seeing blood yeah. again in my in my weekly kind of wrestling. So, well, when I'm you're d- in an environment like Wrestle War, you should bleed. It's just realistic to think that people that get rammed up against a cage are going to bleed. Like, yeah, I don't think it's too far fetched. Yeah. If it's the ultimate war games of like uh, a faction versus faction, or where there is no run and no hiding, and you are, and that's why I that's I and and Craig, couldn't you easily pull the whole? Yeah, we're not planning for blood, but blood happens in these situations. Like, oh, didn't yeah. expect that. Blah blah blah. Yeah, but I think so, we'll, we might before see we uh, before we sign out on this one too, I have a, a stats up here, oh, and uh, if you look at the list of appearances versus victories. It's just fucking funny. Sting Rick never Flair's wins. A, Sorry. Ric Flair has been a part of 14 war games because remember wow. they used to tour. Uh, the most appearances has been Hawk and Animal, the Road Warriors, and really? uh, they have won all. They have won all 13 that they've been in. Uh, Dusty sense. Rhodes has made 11 appearances. He's won all 11. Nikita Koloff has been in 11 war games. He's won all 11 because they're on the same team. I'm pretty sure at this time. Yep. And uh, Lex Luger has made 13 appearances. He's won 10. Sting has made seven appearances, won all seven. Uh, Paul Ellering has made six appearances, won <laughs> all six. What? Uh, and then you have like Steve Williams, Ron Garvin. They made four appearances, they won all four, and then it goes down from there. But I think it's funny. Ric Flair, fucking 
14 times and never won one. Same thing. I, I'm not. I'm not surprised all at all. The title's not on the line. He he carried right. it most of the time. The that. face has got to win, right? Yeah. That's that's where they get their win. Yeah. That's where the without having to worry about the chase. It's it's beautiful. And if you go, and if you just go when they turn into WCW, you have Sting with twelve appearances, and whenever the banner changed, I can't remember. Uh, eight victories, twelve appearances. Eligante, four appearances, four oh, wins. Oh God, uh, it's fine. Why? Luger, six appearances, four wins. Dusty Rhodes or Dustin Rhodes, three appearances, three wins, and then it goes down from there. Hulk Hogan, three appearances, two wins. If you're a Rhodes, so, can to, you lose the War Games? It's not. I mean, yeah, you have, contractually you have, you have to win if you're Dustin. You invented it. <laughs> did, uh, you created it. So did the NWO win that one year? Yes. Yeah. Of course yeah. it did. And then they won in 97, but Hogan wasn't a part of that. But it was Nash, Bagwell, or whatever. So NWO won, NWO won two years in a row, 96, 97. Yeah, the Stringers won. Yeah. So that, that is a little fun. I could put some nice clips in here, some nice pictures. War Games uh -huh. is uh, excellent. I really enjoy the concept, and uh, I look forward to Survivor Series. Now I'm looking forward. Honestly, normally, I wouldn't give a shit when Survivor Series is coming around. I could take it or leave it. Uh, but I will probably make it a point to, when it's live, to actually watch it on Peacock. Yeah. <laughs> on the Peacock. Uh, for audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Shizzer, and Google Podcasts, or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019? Stop being stupid. Wow. On Facebook. No, just don't, don't do that. Don't listen to us at all. Don't. I don't care. Sounds, go sounds to, like uh, <laughs> This one, Raw. They do the same thing every week. With the judgment day, it's the same thing. Roman wins all the time. Yeah, he does, because God to acknowledge him, damn it. Why does Here's the Miz have to be the Miz in all my TV? Go ahead and listen to that shit. That's fine. We just talked about the goddamn war games. It's coming up. We're talking about why you should tune in, yeah. by the You're way. You're going to get introduced to it really quick if you haven't ever watched a war game. So, you know, why don't you just fucking study up? Or you can just, you know, hit fucking play on. I don't understand. So, Street Profits are facing for the title. Street Profits won this many matches. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Why I love it. AEW, it's so dumb. Yeah. Why don't they fucking make people do stuff? I don't understand. How come Jericho? How come this? Why do they always hire WWE people? And then if they didn't hire WWE people, they'd be like, they need to hire WWE people or their television program's never going to do well. And then when they hire WWE people, how come they don't make homegrown people? How come they have to hire... It's fucking... Ugh. Go ahead and listen to those fucking podcasts, you dumb fucks. Go ahead. It's fine. Oh. Go ahead. Wow. Or you can actually get off your stupid asses and turn on Pacock and just listen to us and go to classic pay-per-views where we tell you, here's the way... Follow us for the way. We're showing you the way. Here's the history. Here's the history of war games. Here's the history of whatever else we want to do. Just fucking, God, stop being so stupid is my point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but you're fucking dumb. All of you are dumb. If you tune in every same week, every Tuesday for the fucking uh, Jack and Kevin fucking raw wrap-up show. You know what I don't get? <laughs> How come I don't want my own wrestling company? How come they don't do? So I got off my shift at Starbucks today, and I was thinking to myself, I should run my own wrestling company. Oh, good for you. Yeah, you fucking dumb shit. I still like all you guys at home and think you're very attractive. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's good for Craig to say, but I don't. Oh. Fucking idiots. Yeah, Signing off. This is Dave, shit. Justin, Gravy, the OWP. Mm. Have a good one. Why, Brock, why should Brock win anything? 
He bitch went everything. So I want all Yes, do you want to I'm a fat choice Doesn't this don't mean I don't want to do cows Do you want to do